Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the Horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Friday afternoon. Friday is finally here. We're ready to celebrate the sports weekend that is upcoming. We're going to be talking about some Texas TCU. Texas up to a 12.5 point favorite now in that game. We'll get you Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day. Some more NCAA football picks take you around the world. A lot of games, a lot of big games happening in NCAA football this week, college football. Some NFL, some big games there. NCAA basketball, Texas plays its second game of the season tonight. We'll get into that. Some NBA, the in-season tournament continues tonight. We'll get to see some of those ugly courts, and the Mavs not having their ugly court. We'll tell you why. All that, and then out at 645 for Vandegrift, play, uh, playoff football against Lake Travis. All that coming up on the show today. And, of course, your text, uh, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. You guys drive the show. We just try to keep it on the rails. It's a Friday, so it may get off the rails. Who knows? Uh, but, guys, you just text in what you want to talk about. We try to get to everybody's text throughout the show, and we try to keep you uh, as be as involved as we possibly can. I try to read everybody's text, and if I don't get to you today, I'll get to you on Monday, I guess. But we normally say tomorrow, but I'll, we try and get to you. And, of course, it is a Friday show, which means – we bring in our friend Jacob Standard uh, to come on the show with me to have a little fun, to make some picks, and to talk some sports, because me and Jacob will do that any day of the week, but we'll do it on the show on Friday. Jacob, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing good, Patrick. You know what time it is. It's the end of the week. We made it. It's Friday, and I'm ready to roll. Yeah, I know that it's uh, it's Friday. I, have a, uh, I realized something today, Jacob, that I want to warn you about because you're a younger man than me. And I, oh, no. this is a future thing for you that I've realized this today uh, okay. when, when, I was, when I was getting ready to come to the office. I've now found what hairs on me grow the fastest, and it is my <laughs> eyebrow hairs. My eyebrow hairs now have decided I just have old man eyebrow hairs now that no, I never didn't think they were coming. But now, like every two weeks, I have to go in and trim my eyebrows. Or else, is it all of them, or just a couple? Strays? No, it's just it's straight. But they, there are like there was strays probably five years ago, maybe five, maybe five, ten, and you have like one stray, and you'd be like, all right, and then you cut <laughs> it down, and you're fine. Now they're everywhere, and <laughs> they just grow at an exorbitant rate. I don't have to get haircuts or, or trim my trim my my beard or any of that as much as I have to now tend to my eyebrows because I'm I'm aging at that. It's it's just one of those horrible things in life now that it's like, well, if I don't do this, I look insane. Like, I can brush my teeth, shave, do everything else, but now I have an extra added element into my routine because, you know, otherwise I'll look crazy. 
Are you doing it yourself? Are you trimming them yourself? Are you getting help with this? No, I, I mean, trim myself. I'm not going to go to somebody to to be like, hey, could you make me? It, it seems scary because then I walk in with like scissors and, hey, I need these cut. No, I I have a mirror, so I just trim myself. Oh, I only ask because I'm just not aware of it. So sometimes I'll go get a haircut, and at the end of the haircut, the stylist will ask, are we doing the eyebrows today? And that's always my hint. Like, okay, they're getting that a little out of control. <laughs> Probably need to trim them down. Yeah, no, my hint is when I look in the mirror and like, wow, I didn't I didn't know my eyebrows could do that. <laughs> I, didn't know, I didn't know I had that much length in those. But yeah, so that's apparently something that I get to deal is with now for the rest of my life. Is that going on there? <laughs> is that, yes. Is that a dread? How did I get a dread in my eyes? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jacob. Uh, also, if anybody in the text line wants to keep trying to nickname Jacob, we still don't have a nickname for him. All of mine have been shot down. And so if you guys want to keep coming up with nicknames for Jacob, feel free to keep nicknaming him on the, on the text line. We appreciate it. Just keep lobbing them out there. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk some Texas football, Jacob. Uh, Texas is now a 12 and a half point favorite. We got the news yesterday that Quinn Ewers uh, would be the starter for this game. Texas was a 10 point favorite with Blake Murphy in. So it's not swinging too much. I think it just meant more money kind of got put down on Texas as soon as people heard that Quinn Ewers is going to be in the game. Uh, is that a uh, a big difference for you that, that Malik Murphy is going to be in this game or Malik, that Quinn Ewers is starting and it's not Malik Murphy? Is that a big difference or is that, you know, it's maybe a turnover, but Quinn can still have a turnover. Is it maybe a turnover difference, maybe a, a touchdown difference? Where, where do you put no, the difference? That's a big difference for me. I think I think Malik just – I mean, Malik can get there. Obviously, he just needs to develop, and he didn't have – because, like, we're seeing some of the stuff out of Malik that we saw early out of Quinn. I think having Quinn back in that offense, it opens everything wide open again. You can continue all the pieces of the offense that you were kind of building upon week to week. You can kind of pick that back up again, and I think it's going to make a huge difference for this offense moving forward. You don't see some of those kind of freshman mistakes that you were seeing Malik make. Yeah, and uh, and so I think there's a lot that you can take from – in yours, we know TCU has done a great job defending Texas for years, and part of that was Gary Patterson uh, with him not being there anymore that, you know, it's a little bit different now that they don't necessarily have the same, but they still can switch up and show different defenses and show different looks for the Texas. And for a young quarterback, that's a hard thing to do in your third start, and it would be his first road start as well. The two games he started were both home games. So you're going back on the road – it can be difficult, and we've seen Malik somewhat spiral in that in the Kansas State game, and he was able to pull it back up on that finishing drive and and get the nose straightened out and and hit some completions and get the ball back down the field. But there was definitely a spiral there, which on the road can be even tougher. Uh, so I think it is going to be a pretty big difference that Quinn's in there, just solely in the fact of you feel a little bit more comfortable now, even if something goes wrong, that you have a – more veteran level headed quarterback in and he's also someone that played in this game last year and didn't do great what didn't was not one of his best games this is one of the parts of the season where texas started to struggle last year and and t and quinn did not look great against tcu sark was asked yesterday about uh quinn being in that game and in what kind of he's learned and what texas learned uh against tcu and trying to grow and learn from last year's tcu game so you don't repeat your same mistakes. Uh, here's what Sark had to say about uh, growing and learning from last year's TCU game. Question, because, you know, I think a lot of the times, and I think Quinn would tell you that wasn't his best game. Um, but a lot of the times the quarterback is a little bit of, takes the brunt of everybody. And we did not, 
we just didn't play very well. And whether it was, you know, and I, I love Bijan and Roshan, but they didn't hit runs at the right spots where we would have loved for them to, to get hit. We didn't block things the way we're capable of blocking things. Um, I think there's a couple plays JT Sanders would love to have back early in that game. There's a couple plays Xavier would love to have back early in that game. Um, so the, the point being, I think we all can play better. And the biggest thing that I took away going back and going through that game from a year ago and reading through my notes uh, from that ball game a year ago, we were really, really emotional going into that game. I felt like there was a lot of emotion. Game day was here. It was a night game. And I think that we got a little bit out of character. And and we play our best when we're loose, we're confident, yet we do have a, a, a good amount of energy to what we do. Um, but we don't need to go above and beyond uh, what we normally do. And we need to play good, solid football. Um, we need to be fast. We need to be physical. And then we need to execute. And those were things that that last component more than any last year's game, we did not execute very well. And now a lot of credit to TCU. They played a very good game. Uh, they tackled, um, you know, we, we didn't take advantage of some opportunities when we had it. We got the ball down in there. We weren't able to score touchdowns. There was a lot of things that that played out in that game. But I go back to pregame and coming out of that locker room and the start of that game. I just didn't feel like we were uh, composed enough and had enough poise as a team at that at that stage of where we're at as a program to to play the way that we were capable of playing. I think we're a lot more equipped this year um, to play the style of football that we're capable of playing uh, and to do it confidently. Uh, as we know, in a, in a, in a hostile environment. So um, that's what it's going to take. Uh, they're, they're not going to give us anything. You know, we're going to have to go earn it. And that for Texas is going to be the, the difference of leadership that we've seen this year, the ability to uh, bend but not break, I think is kind of the theme for this, for this game is this is a, you know, a Texas team this year that has bounced back and has won all their close games except for the Oklahoma, but they've won a bunch of their close games. They've been able to stay in games where they've gotten punched and gotten back up and gotten back into it. And with TCU, this is an offense that is going to be able to put up yardage at least. Now, they're not great in the red zone, and if you're able to keep them in front of you, then that means they'll be able to put up yardage because especially if you're trying to play a little bit deeper, they're going to take the shots underneath. Uh, this is it's difficult for Texas because you know you're going to have to allow some you're going to allow yardage, which then could lead to a score and a missed tackle or something like that. Uh, Jacob, for this, for you, for Texas, what does this defense need to do to try and limit any damage, any real damage from TCU's offense? Because we can talk about Quinn Ewers and and what he's learned, but really this defense has to learn over the past over the next few weeks. Uh, how did or the, you know over since the past few weeks where the the, the passing the passing game for other teams has been dominant? How does Texas slow down this passing game for TCU? Yeah, and I think I think that's a good point there. But I'll, I'll also say like we've seen them we've seen this Texas team give up a a few big leads over these last couple of weeks and then kind of have to gut out a win. But I wouldn't really put that on the defense. That was more sudden change turnovers from the offense and the defense gets put in a bad spot. I think the defense, I think you just keep doing what you've been doing. I mean, they're they're a really stingy bunch, and we know they can get beat over the top, but they can get some takeaways. And I'd like to see them get after the quarterback again. I mean, there was a time at the beginning of the season where it seemed like they were getting home at will. I'd like to see some of that again. 
Yeah, I would too, especially because you have a young quarterback uh, and Josh Hoover who they've moved on to the guy that they feel is going to be the future and be playing for them for the next couple of years at quarterback. So they're trying to get him some reps and get him some experience this year, trying to salvage the rest of the season. They want to be bowl eligible. At least you don't want to play for a national championship in one year and not be bowl eligible the next. That is uh, it's not a where you want to be. So TC was trying to get Josh Hoover some experience this year, but he is pretty turnover prone and he has a lot of interceptions and he has fumbles. So, with Texas, you do have to get those interceptions when they when they appear because if you're not if you drop a couple of those interceptions, that could be a swing of this being a you know one touchdown game in the fourth quarter or a two or three touchdown game in the in the fourth quarter, which is what you prefer it to be. You know, get a little rest, look a little bit better. Uh, here's Sark talking about uh, the quarterback Josh Hoover, the uh, the the basically the young gun for TCU. You know, what stands out to me is a very talented young man. Um, you know, he's got, he's got real arm talent. Um, he's a, he's a very good athlete. You can feel his competitiveness when he plays the game, you know, and, and it's easy to, you know, I got a chance to watch their game Thursday night. You could feel his competitiveness on TV. Um, but even when you watch the coach's copy of the tape, he's a highly competitive young man um, that, that is really trying to give his all. Uh, and that's, you know, I'm sure that that makes Sonny proud. You know, we've got a quarterback that plays that way. Uh, usually that instills and, and bleeds into the rest of the team. So it's he's going to play tough. He's going to go out there. He's going to try. Texas can show him. I think if you bring pressure against him, it's going to force him to make mistakes. The same way that other teams were getting mistakes against Malik Murphy. You bring pressure. You make him throw off his back foot. You don't even necessarily need to get a bunch of sacks. You need to get pressure, which is Texas has been better at pressure than sacks this season. So if you can get some pressure, but I don't necessarily enjoy when they, you know, don't bring, when they just try and bring organic pressure up the, you know, straight up the middle and then don't really play man defense. They don't play tight defense on the, on the, the wide receivers and just let a team move down the field. They do it too much in the second half. I'd like to see less of that, make them work for it a little. I know you don't want to get beat over the top, but I think there's ways that you can, limit damage without completely stepping back off. That's what I kind of want to see in this game is I want to see PK stay all gas, no breaks throughout the game and keep pushing forward. I get on the offensive end, you're always going to be trying to move the ball and you may run the ball more times. And then if you get a stop or you get an incompletion, you're, you're screwed because you were playing more conservatively. I'm more okay with that than the complete conservative side of the defense where the secondary is not good enough to, you know, break on these these passes right when they're being thrown and stop guys. And what ends up happening is they're so far back, the pass is caught. Our guy comes up to Texas guy comes up to go get him, and by the time he's there, the guy's already making a move, and then he has to make a you know an off balance tackle because uh, uh, you know the timing of everything that happened. That type of play I just don't like, and I know I get the concept of it. But I'm not a fan of it. Jacob, what do you what have you seen when they run that kind of it's not a prevent defense, but it sure looks like one. Right. No, it's almost like they're they're kind of banking on the fact that we're gonna let you get down the field, but when we get in the red zone, you know, that's where we'll tighten up where you can't really go over the top on us anymore. Um and I don't think I don't think that's the appropriate strategy. Um I, again, I'd I'd really like to see them 
get home a little bit more like they were used to because that that prevents the deep ball as well because deep routes take time to develop. And if you're in the quarterback's face and he's having to move around, get off his spot, throw off platform, change his read, find the checkdowns, I mean, you're giving him a lot to deal with back there for a guy that, like you said, is pretty turnover prone. And I think you can affect the game in a big way by just – getting in his face and being around the quarterback and don't party at the football and and don't let him have the confidence. Don't let him make seven completions in a row because you're just kind of letting underneath passes. And and I agree with you. And and this also goes with the Sark mentality of I'm going to go for it on fourth down, which is, well, we'll stop him and hold him to field goals, but we'll score touchdowns. And you go, well, Sark, but you're not scoring the touchdowns because you're, you're not, you're going for it on fourth down and not getting it. So now they have three and you have nothing. And that's your complimentary football. You can't you can't bank on it's a type of play where you're banking on everyone playing their 100% best football and no mistakes 100% of the game. And that's just not a it's not a great way to win the game to have no contingency for human error, which is going to well, be plus, throughout any game. Yeah, plus you can't afford to right now cuz no. um I, just the college football committee is looking for any reason to put any team that isn't Texas in the top 4 right now. And you need to have some statement 20-plus point wins right now. You can't afford to let teams just kind of walk down the field and, you know, we'll, we'll give up a few points because we're going to score more than them. Not, you, you don't have that luxury anymore. Like, we have to start stomping teams out if you want a place in that college football playoff, which I think realistically is the expectation of most Texas fans right now. I don't, I, I don't know if it's the expectation. I think it's the hope of most college football because there is. Other teams have to lose. At least two other teams have to lose. For you to get even a chance to get in there, probably three teams have to lose for you to get in there. So, and one of them may have to lose twice. So, it, it, yeah, it, but- it, it's it's not exactly. I think that people want to get there. I think, but I don't. I don't know if it's a, a reasonable expectation. And because especially if we get through this week, and a lot of those teams, that's this is one of their last hard games. Then it comes down to you're banking on basically three or four games going the way you need them to go, and underdogs pulling off double digit upsets for you to be able to advance into the college football playoff. I get it, but this also brings me to the Big Fat Poll of the Day, and we'll keep talking about this. Patrick's Big Fat Poll of the Day on the Horn. 512-447-3776 is the text line. The Poll of the Day, how big of a win is a style win? How many points does Texas need to win by? In your vision, for the offer, you guys texting in, 512-447-3776. How many points does Texas need to win by? To say, okay, this team was dominant against TCU. And give me your final score predictions, too. It is Friday, so I'd love to get your final score predictions, too. But, Jacob, I'll ask you that. What, what is a style point win? Is it a two-touchdown win, or do you got to win by, you know, 20-something points? No, I think you absolutely have to win this game by 20-something points. I think, I think against an unranked TCU team, a team that is not the same team it was from last year, and really people are looking to discredit your Alabama win because of your Oklahoma loss, and Alabama's just been on a heater. They're looking to put those tried-and-true teams back into the playoff picture. You have to dominate, not only this week, but the last three weeks. It starts this week in Fort Worth, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree that I think – and I think I – think, Two touchdowns is a good, is a decent style win, depending on how you get it. Uh, I, yeah, you'd love to have 20, 30 points. I, I just don't, I mean, I don't really see it happening, but I, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. I think you need to cover a uh, bare minimum because if you're not covering, then that it, it, it shows that, you know, what people thought you were supposed to do, you underachieved on it. So I think you need to overachieve on that line. 
it, it, for me is kind of where the style points. But that's what I want to ask you guys on text line. Where do you feel it is where if Texas wins their next three games by X number of points, that you have a really good argument that Texas playing the, their best football at the, at the end of the year when everybody's ready to go, and they should be in that conversation for the college football playoff. We know we're going to see what happens in the Big Ten, and I want to talk about that when we come back from break. Uh, when we start to give some college football, we'll talk some more about the suspension that was handed down today and the possibility that will be served and what it means and, and how Ohio State seems to be running everything in college football right now, and it's kind of, it's kind of disgusting me at a certain point. It's a little weird, isn't it? It's not weird. It's annoying. It's really annoying. <laughs> but uh, I will get into that when we come back from break. But the text line's open. 512-447-3776. Of course, your final score predictions for Texas TCU on this Friday afternoon. Last time we'll be doing the show before the game, so send in those predictions. If you got anything else you want to talk about, anything that worries you about the TCU game or things that you're a hot take on the TCU game, any of the other college games you want that you need you know, predictions on. We got some that we're going to predict. Or if you got a college, a take on another college game, NFL game, or NBA, NCAA basketball, Texas plays again tonight, any of that. All of it, we try to get to all your texts here on the text line, 512-447-3776. And how big of a win is a style win for Texas? How many points do they have to win by for this to be a style win? We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will get into some college football. We'll talk a little bit more about the Michigan scandal and the suspension that was handed down today on a Friday. Good job, Big Ten. Really, really cared about this the, the programs when you're doing it on a Friday and not a Monday and not letting me prepare. Appreciate that, they Big Ten. They didn't really do anything. They did. They did, and it won't matter, but I know, but I know. It's, we'll get into it. We'll get into it on the other side. Uh, on the horn on 1019 AM 1260, the horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the horn. Back on the sports complex here on the horn on a Friday afternoon. That means it's a 512 Friday playing some rock and roll by Igniter. They're playing tonight at Come and Take It Live. You like some good old rock and roll. Man, Jason McMaster is a singer there. Remember him from Dangerous Toys. A great lineup of guys in Igniter and always a good show. They're playing tonight at Come and Take It Live on a 512 Friday. Text line is open, 512-447-3776 is the text line number. Uh, appreciate you guys starting to roll in. We're asking you, of course, for your final score predictions. We're also asking you, how big of a win is a style win? If we're talking college football playoffs, if we're talking about who could uh, who could get into the uh, college, how could Texas get in there? How can Texas show the college football playoff that I you know, was having the discussion yet last night about well, Alabama looks better now than Texas does, so they should be ahead of Texas. And I had to keep bringing up the point, but we beat. There's there's no better indicator of who should be ahead by who won the head to head. And so we say if we're if we're back to back and we're there's a question which team should be ranked higher between the two teams, then I'll say that you go to head to head, which Texas won. 
Uh, but you you want to show because there are people that are going to be, uh, you know, campaigning for Alabama to be ahead of Texas. So you have to continue to go out there and win games handily uh, as it, because I mean Alabama, ha, you know, they they're playing a big, they're playing Chattanooga next week. So I feel like they'll have a style win next week against Chattanooga. But I'm just what how big of a style win? Tell us on the text line five one two four four seven three seven seven six. I want to get to those. I want to talk about one game first. Uh, I want to talk because we were talking about it before the end, uh, before we went to break, about Michigan. They take on Penn State on tomorrow. They are a four-point favorite last I looked. Uh, I don't know if that has changed since uh, the suspension has been handed down, that Jim Harbaugh can – the suspension that the Big Ten placed on Jim Harbaugh, where in the finding they believe they said that uh, that he – he didn't necessarily. They had no proof that he had knowledge of this was happening. However, it's a fundamental, uh, you know, thing in the program that he should have been aware of. So he will be suspended for being on the sideline for the rest of the game. So he can't coach the games. He can coach during the week, but he cannot coach the games. Is what they're saying. Michigan says they're going to go to court and try and find a judge that on. And I guess. This is Veterans Day, so I don't know, but I'm sure they'll find a judge before 11 a.m. tomorrow that will they absolutely will. will pass an injunction and make it so Jim Harbaugh can be on the sideline for Penn State. I think it's a Bush League move for the Big Ten to do this on a holiday Friday to try to screw Michigan because they want to screw Michigan because Ohio State seems to be deciding all of this because Ohio State doesn't like that Michigan keeps beating them, and they think there's no way anybody could beat us if – if it wasn't, so we're not going to schedule a good non-con, and then we're gonna we'll play Notre Dame and beat them. But Notre Dame's not that good, and we barely beat them anyway, and shouldn't have. And we beat a Penn State team that hasn't won a big game in what ten years, and we're gonna pretend that we're the best team in football. I don't know how they're number one. I wouldn't even be mad if they were number three in the college football playoffs right now. It wouldn't bother me as much. But the fact they're number one, based on really BS stuff, and they don't like they don't pass the eye test at all. They don't look like a team that is, oh, my God, this is the best team. Georgia does. Georgia is the best team in football right now. They lost Brock Bowers, and they're still the best team in football. And to have Ohio State ahead of them is just nonsense. And I get you're you're splitting hairs at one and two. I get it. But it's when you see that the Ohio State and what the Big Ten was able to do in helping destroy the Pac-12, and then what they're doing controlling the college football playoff rankings, being one and three, and now to, you know, really have – they have a thing out for Harbaugh. They don't like him there. They don't like that Michigan's not playing fair to them, and they're, they're doing their own stuff. They, in the ruling, also put in that they, uh, they were upset and they did not care at all that, that Michigan was – that said, like, but the other guys are cheating too. They're like, no, you have no proof of that. And I get what, what Michigan did. There should be a punishment for. It shouldn't be doled out on a Friday that is a national holiday. That's you shouldn't put I, it like before a game day. You shouldn't put it out there. I, I disagree. Michigan has everything coming for them. Like they they have everything coming to them. They deserve every bit of it. They cheated. They absolutely. But everybody cheated. cheats, Jacob. Everybody but, cheats. But they don't cheat to the extent that Michigan did. They they do like they. So this is the reality. Is this is maybe a three point difference in a game? What they did now, Connor Stallions is an idiot. I will tell you he's an idiot. He shouldn't have been doing what he was doing, and they should get punished for it. 
I don't like punishing the kids and helping Ohio State. That's all they're trying to do is help Ohio State. This has nothing to do with Michigan. This has nothing to do with punishments. This has to get Ohio State a national championship and a Big Ten national championship. That's it. That's the one thing it's there for. That is what they're doing. It's not an NCAA punishment. It's a Big Ten in Ohio State saying, screw Michigan. We don't like Harbaugh. We're the good guys. And Ryan Day is crying because Lou Holtz said some bad things about him. I don't – I just – like, to do – why would you not do this on a Monday? Just do it on a Monday. Well, I mean, they, they sat on their hands for this long. They knew they had to do something. But yeah, do it on I, a Monday really then. Think- you really think it's going to have that big of an impact? No, on the well, game, because though? no, because I don't think because they're not going. to – I think he's going to be coaching on on Saturday. I think it's a exactly. bush league move though to do this and go. Well, we didn't know what we were going to do. We didn't know what we we're going to do. We're going to wait till Friday that we know is a holiday because we're going to try and screw them out of getting a lawyer so we can try and give any help to Penn State because if Penn State beats Michigan, Ohio State looks better because Ohio State beat Penn State. It's it's one hundred percent everything to me makes this feel like it's one hundred percent Ohio State complaining, controlling the narrative. All the reports are that Ohio State was the people that put this information out and told and leaked all this information. Isn't Ryan Day related to the guy's company that ran like all the cybersecurity? Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's all like it all seems like Ohio State stuff. <laughs> it's such it's like it's it's somebody trying to they're not cheating but they're trying to circumvent and go no no suspend the coach before we play him and the team that we beat plays him suspend him then we don't care we don't care about anything else we don't care about real punishment we care about punishing that we care about helping ourselves we want to be number 1 in the poll we want an easiest path that we can to the playoffs and you know what let's not even play the games just give us a title now because we don't want it. we can't play the games because Ryan Day's not the best coach in the world, and we don't have the best team. Marvin Harrison Jr. is amazing, but that's I mean, like they're they're a good team. They should be in the college football playoff if they if they beat Michigan. But if they lose to Michigan, they shouldn't be. Yeah, no, I I hear what you're saying, I'm and just they should be able to do it with their head coach. I'm just saying that what they did. I, the other side of the argument is people are saying, well, it didn't help. You still have to go out there and defend the plays, and I'm just saying. Not that it's apples to apples, but I was a practice hero my freshman and sophomore years of high school. We were supposed to be giving the varsity a look, but they also ran the exact same offense as us. So it was hard not to jump the plays when you know all the checks. It definitely helps when you know what they're checking into and checking out of. Yeah, and it also, if you're a coach and you know that every single team in college football tries to steal signs and tries to know what you're doing and you don't change against that and you have no method against that, and you were just going out there and hoping you're the better team, then that's also on you. Like, we know that every single team... Yeah, protect your signs. Every yeah. single team <laughs> does that and steals signs. Every single team does it. That's, that's been the discussion. That The problem was he sent a person in... He sent a person, or Michigan sent a person to... And not necessarily Harbaugh. A, Michigan sent a person to, to these games. That's the problem. And it's not Penn State. It's not Ohio State. It's not one of the teams they're playing. They don't. They're not going to have any of that. They're clearly not doing anything on these teams because the scandals already happened. Connor Stallings has been known well before this, so you don't have that. You know what's happening, and you just. I, I get it, and like I get all this, but every single time one of these things happens, it always is for me. Let's screw the kids because we don't care about them. Let's not these kids who played the games and they came back to play for Michigan. Let's try and screw them because we care about our kids more than their kids. And we don't care about justice that may, you know what, let's wait a year and then t- suspend Harbaugh for next season. I'm fine with that. If you want to say Harbaugh knew about this and he put this on, suspend him the entirety of next season. 
Let him let him walk away and do that. I'm I'm more okay with that. But I don't like taking the end of the season and basically right on a fright. And honestly, even if you suspended the last couple of games on a Monday or you did it Monday of this week, I would have thought, well, it's kind of I don't not a huge fan of it, but I also get it. I don't like it being on a Friday. It seems like it's they knew what they were going to do on Monday, and they waited because they didn't want to give Michigan time to respond. So I'll, I'll say this, and then we can get to actually talking about the game that's going to take place <laughs> and not the scandal. But sometimes your actions have consequences that affect you and the others around you. Yeah. I, I, I get that it's unfortunate for the kids, but I, I, I think the punishment fits. If I you want to sit here, Jacob, if you want to sit here and tell me that Urban Meyer did not cheat at Ohio State – you, I, I, I firmly, there's no way you can tell me that Urban Meyer has not cheated at every single college he's been at. And I, I like, I have no proof of that. I know, but you, you can't tell me otherwise. Uh, and it's just the, the audacity they had. The, they just, we're just going to do this and not get caught. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. No and like, there anything. should be penalties on Michigan. I agree with that. Doing it a Friday before a big game that only helps out Ohio State. The only people it really helps is Ohio State. But you didn't really do anything. So I, I think it was more of a perception move. You didn't really do anything. And I think ultimately they know this is going to get dealt with in the offseason. Yeah. I, I don't. It, it's, I, I think it's a Bush League move. I, I think trying to make sure he's suspended for this game to give Penn State any advantage because they know, they know uh, James Franklin's. I don't Franklin's think a, this game is specific to it. I do. I do. <laughs> I do. It's huge for this is a huge, huge game for Ohio State. Because if Penn State beats Michigan, it means that their resume, Ohio State's resume, is really good because they beat a team that's a top 10 team. If Michigan beats Penn State by 30, then Penn State's not that great of a team. And they beat a bad, they beat an okay Notre Dame team and they beat an okay Michigan, uh, Penn State team. And that's their resume. And then if they lose to Michigan, they have no quality wins on their resume and they have a big loss. That's why it's a big win because now and then they can just beat Michigan at the end of the season and then now while we're in and Michigan's out, we're happy. That's what I'm saying. It is a big, big game for Ohio State because their resume takes a big hit if Michigan goes out and just destroys Penn State. Yeah, no, it's a good point there. All right, all right. Well, we'll all right. We'll make a we'll make a pick for the game. Look, I think Michigan's still going to win. I, I think I think they're still going to win this game. I'm more upset. I, I hate that. I hate. The, the, the thing what will always get me mad is when college sports people will say nonstop that it's about the kids and then not give a crap about the kids. That yeah. that will always make me livid that you are doing things, they're doing grown-up things that, that have nothing to do with the kids and then go, no, no, we're happy for all of you to go home crying so our kids can win because we will get more money that way. We, we genuinely do not care about your, your students, your student-athletes. We don't care. And, and that's what the Big Ten, for me, is doing, doing this on a Friday as opposed to doing it on Monday. They did it on a Monday. At least the team can think about it and go into it and not have this hanging over their head a day before, while they're in the air, while they're in an airplane going to, while they're in an they airplane. They don't even have the news going yet. They to have Penn no State. idea Harbaugh that, can't coach. I hope someone bought Wi-Fi on the plane. <laughs> Craziness. Craziness. All right, we, we've wasted way too much time on this. <laughs> yeah, regardless, top two defenses in the nation, but these are the types of games James Franklin gets criticized for not being able to win, right? Doesn't doesn't it have that kind of Cowboys of the college football feel to it where they're kind of hovering around the top ten, elite-level defense, but for whatever reason when the big dog shows up, they can't get the win? Yeah, no, it does. And also Michigan's really good. 
Like they're just a really good team. <laughs> I think so we're both Michigan. Let's to put cover. it this way: I think Michigan. So, I think Michigan beats Ohio State. I think Michigan's just a bunch better team, and that's why Ohio State is doing whatever they can <laughs> to not play them. Look, believe me, if they're like if if Ohio State could make Michigan forfeit the game, they would do it in a heartbeat. They would yeah, rather no, forfeit it than play the game because that's what they've done this entire time. It's it's just bush league. I hear you, I hear you, but I'm also I'm wondering if I can get fitted for one of those tinfoil hats you got on. I know, and by the way, I don't think Ohio State fans are doing this. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to put this on Ohio State fans. They're not making these decisions. I think there's a few people with a lot of power because I can tell you they got power because Ohio State. There's not a chance in hell they're the number one team in the nation. They just aren't. Yeah, it's, no, it, it doesn't feel that way. It's stupid. It's stupid that they're the number one team in the nation. All right, I'm gonna. You know what? You know what? Let's let's do what? let's do a couple tames and then I want to get to the okay. text line. I don't want to. We're trying to. I'm trying to, to unfrazzle myself. Unfrazzle. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> uh, number eight, Alabama is at Kentucky. Uh, there's a couple things for this. Which uh, so this is another resume win for Alabama. It's a resume win for Texas. If Alabama can go out and beat Kentucky, Kentucky of course has the run game with Ray Davis. Uh, they don't have a great passing game. Uh, and Devin Leary, the quarterback for Kentucky, has an eye injury, so now he may not be able to see very well. Oh, wow. So if we say that. I bet Ohio State set that one up, too. <laughs> no, that was, that, was, that was Lane Kiffin. <laughs> Wait, can we blame that on Kirby Smart? I, like, I don't. I don't it's, yeah, right. And again, no, it's, I not, oh, it's, just, it's just frustrating. Yeah. It's just frustrating. <laughs> the whole Big Ten thing, that the conference is garbage, except for like three teams. And then they're like, we're the best conference. You're like, you have three teams. You'll be better next year when you bring in some of those Pac-12 teams. But Michael Penix is going to be gone, so you're not even going to get him. You're not going to get Bo Nix. You're not gonna, those teams are going to be rebuilding. You're going to blame off next year. And Ohio State's going to beat him and go, we're the best team. That is. Oh, Ohio State. No, I almost no. let off that conversation with let's dump the rest of the segment because we're about to go in on this. It ended up happening. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, Alabama, Kentucky? This one's pretty easy for me. Alabama to cover the 11 points. Ray Davis is an alien at running back for Kentucky, but Saban has a way of making statements in November, and this is setting up to be one of them. Quick little stat. Saban and the Crimson Tide are 27-0 in games with an 11.30 kickoff timer earlier. So I'll take the Tide, minus 11 in this one. All right, yeah, I have Alabama uh, covering this one as well. Kentucky just, they're the 10th in passing offense in the SEC. Alabama's going to be able to key off on their run game. And I think Alabama's defense is good enough to keep. If they, if you make them a one-dimensional team, that's just going to be difficult. Uh, Texas Tech is at number sixteen. Kansas, Kansas is a four-point favorite. Texas Tech has had a ton of QB injuries, and yes, Kansas has too. But Jason Bean's a better quarterback than the guys that Texas Tech's been throwing out. I think Kansas at home is too much for Texas Tech. What do you got? I think there's a couple numbers to pay attention to. Right. The Jayhawks are a perfect five and zero at home this season. They're still trying to stay alive in the Big Twelve title race, and. Texas Tech hasn't beaten a ranked opponent on the road since Oklahoma State was number 15 back in 2018. But I have a strange feeling about the Red Raiders this weekend, and I'm going to take them to go into Kansas and kind of put an end to Kansas's Big 12 title hopes in typical Texas Tech spoiler form. Texas Tech spoiler form. I like it. I like it. Uh, let's see one more, and we'll take a break, and we'll do the rest of these in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Miami is at number four, Florida State. Big game for Texas. If Florida State, Miami can pull off the big 14-point upset, it would knock them out And as the best one of the best one. They would be now one-loss team. Texas will likely be ahead of them. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke for Miami threw three interceptions last week. Uh, they've lost three out of their last five games. 
Not a lot of hope for Miami. What do you have here? I don't have to spend a whole lot of time on this one. As much as Texas fans would appreciate a Florida State loss here, this one's pretty simple. Florida State's a really good football team. Miami's an okay football team at best. Give me Florida State to cover at home. Yeah, Florida State. I, look, I want Miami to win. Come on, Miami. I, Florida State's going to win. They're going to cover. But nice come story. on, Miami. Come on, guys. Win one for the good guys that aren't Ohio State. I just want them to have fun. <laughs> That's all I, I just want. want. I just want to have, have fun. fun. <laughs> we got to take a break. We come back. Your text, 512-447-3776. Final score predictions for Texas versus TCU. How big of a style win is a style win? How big of a win is a style win for Texas against TCU to get some, uh, some movement there in the college football polls? And if you think I'm crazy for saying that Friday to put out a punishment for uh, Ohio State or for, for Michigan, if you think that's a Friday, if you think that's perfectly fine to do it on a holiday Friday, when a team's flying to the location, if you think that's that's standard procedure in in uh, most You're athletics, the question. You're if you think, the question. you think it's just a real cool <laughs> thing to do to try and screw over a bunch of hardworking kids, I'm not I'm loaded that much. No, but if you, tell me I'm wrong. Tell, give me a reason why I'm wrong on the text. I'm, I'm if willing you'd to like listen. To spit in the face of children and <laughs> the hardworking blue collar. <laughs> We gotta take a break. We'll be back here on the Horn 1019 AM Toll 60 the Horn app at hornfm.com. Gambling.org. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex. Weekday afternoons only on the Horn. on the sports complex here on the horn on a friday afternoon text lines open 512-447-3776 it is a 512 friday where we play bands you can go check out around town this weekend all local music this is churchwood and they are playing on saturday at sagebrush you can go check out churchwood very cool stuff uh dig this song is a dug this song for a while so it's always fun to get to play it because they're going to be playing around town. You can check it out on a 512 Friday. Of course, Jacob Stater joining me here on a 512 Friday as well as we like to have some fun on Friday. But we do want to get back to your text because you guys are always my my co-host there on the text line. Uh, let's get to the text line. 512-447-3776 asking you for final score predictions and how big of a win is a style win? In your eyes, how big of a win does it take to to get a style points for uh, the college wall playoff rankings? Uh, Kevin from Elgin <laughs> I was uh, talking about my my eye, uh, my eyebrow hair. Growing old can be a b word. Uh, <laughs> I agree with that. And let's talk about anything what's, with those trash spurs. Come on, Texter. What's a b word? I can't. Yeah, why are you trying to get us canceled? I'm just trying to figure out what it is. A bother? <laughs> a bother? Yes, it could be a bother. Oh. <laughs> that's some old. That's some old people talk right there. Uh, let's talk about anything with those trash spurs. <laughs> that's a terrible text. A terrible thing. I know they played pretty bad the last couple of games. That's a terrible text. 
I'm going to talk about my Spurs all season long. Women, yeah, I mean, they, could, they could not win another game. I'm still going to talk about them. <laughs> tell you, man, that's my guilty pleasure this season. They are fun they're to watch. so much fun. To, well, they've been less fun to watch the last two games. I'll tell you that. They're still some fun, well, but they're getting beat pretty bad. Uh, they'll play tonight. We'll mention it. We'll, we'll talk about that at the, the last segment before we give you up for uh, Vandergriff uh, versus Lake Travis playoff high school football. But, yeah, they are fun to watch. But we'll, talk, we'll get into the Spurs. We'll talk. You can wait. You, you texted that in at the beginning of the show, so you got, you've gotten plenty of coverage. You've got a full hour so far before we get into that. Uh, Big Papa says 35 points is a style point win. Yeah, I say 35 point wins over a conference opponent is a pretty big That's style what I'm talking point. About. Uh, 35 plus. 35-10 is his final score prediction. Uh, we get a final score prediction uh, of 31-13. to People feel feeling pretty good. Uh, Texas always plays down to their competition no matter who it is. It will be the same tomorrow night. Gary Patterson, where are you? <laughs> I don't know. He's probably sitting on the back porch just playing the guitar, enjoying the good life. Uh, what I assume Gary Patterson and then, you, you know, maybe. That's what Gary Patterson does in his free time? You know, he's, you know he's a songwriter, right? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, no, he's got songs on the, on the line. You can go stream his songs. Oh, my goodness. You know, he played them. He wrote a song of like a goodbye to TCU and all this. Yeah. It was oh, a songwriter. Wow. That's that's why I said this is because I know he is a songwriter. <laughs> is it anything like the Creed Marlin song or No, it is it's better than that because it's hard to be worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. I mean it's it's not bad stuff from Gary Patterson. But yeah, that's that's why I said that. He's, you can go listen to it. Go see Gary Patterson, support him. He came over to Texas after TCU, so we can support him. Uh but yeah, no, I, I get it. I I don't think they necessarily always play down to their competition. They've done a better job of it this season. I think they just they're not they're they're have the same problem of they're for the guy who came in all gas no breaks. They are the team that I've seen let off the gas more than any other team. That they they look like they're full force going. And part of that is Sark just does a really good script, and afterwards it takes them a long time to figure out how to do anything positive after that. But it, it's it is it's a it's a stark difference from the usually the beginning of the game to what then happens by the end of the game. Uh, if Longhorns quit blowing 20-point leads and giving the fans a heart attack, have a killer instinct. That is their style points, is not blowing 20-point leads. <laughs> like that Easy, Oklahoma- guys. QB1 is back. QB1, QB1 is, is back. back. Oklahoma Greg says, uh, plus 20 to 41. Uh, plus 20 is the, I guess, the uh, the what you need to score. 41 to 17 and then as Iowa State closer, 35 to 7, 21. Tech blowout will beat OSU in the championship, and Texas will be ranked fifth, like you said. Uh, Texas won't be in for whatever reason. And I think they want Texas in. I personally think they'll want Texas in. I think there's people in the college ball playoff that won't. I think that the, at the end of the day, money wins, and Texas is more money than a lot of other schools. So, yeah, but at the end of the day, it's also an entertainment business. So if Texas isn't playing an entertaining brand of football come playoff time, I don't think they're getting in. I do. I, I don't. I mean, it's entertainment, but I don't like. I, you know, they have names. You can sell names. You can sell like I, I think you can sell this Texas team. I, I don't. It depends on who's ahead of them. But there's a lot of teams that you know it. I don't know if it goes ahead of Texas on just the fact of how much money they can make. And TV will tell them. And TV will walk in the room and they go, well, they rank and they go, I don't care what your rankings say. You guys want to get paid? You do what we tell you to do. Uh, you put in the team that is going to get the best ratings right. for us. It's up to us. Hashtag Texas is back. It's up to <laughs> us. we got to start building it. It's can we, can we, we wait till Saturday like night? No. 
Can we do this after TCU? No. That is, I don't. Uh, let's get into, are you annoyed that the SEC is not controlling things because they have for a decade? I'm not. The Big Ten's always been controlling things, too. Like, SEC and Big Ten have, the Big Ten's been there forever. That's why they're, I, that's why there's always been those two teams from either SEC or two teams from the Big Ten in the college football playoff. Uh, and what if Michigan wins by three after boat racing everybody all year? If they don't have a coach, then, yeah, that could be an issue. That's what I'm saying. Let them play the game when we know that they're under a microscope. And if they win by 30, then you do it. But stop handicapping them because you want Ohio State to win because those are your buddies and you don't like Harbaugh. Stop doing you know, that. I, I heard that Ryan Day might have had a hand in Spygate as well. Um, I like I've, reports. I've but. heard Ryan. I've heard Ryan Day's DB Cooper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he might be the Zodiac killer. We don't know. Where was he? <laughs> I mean, probably a small child or not alive. But <laughs> Mr. Goodcat says thirty four twenty one, and uh, Michigan is weak sauce. Like I get, I get people don't like that. I'm just everybody. Like I can tell you, we we have to be stealing because if we didn't, I mean, no, we're doing it the way that's. It, that's in the bylaws, which is you can't send somebody there. I don't know if we're sending anybody out there. We don't have anybody as stupid as Connor Stallions. But th- that's the real thing. Jim Harbaugh, whoever hired Connor Stallions, that guy should be punished. Because that guy looked and said, ex-military, he must be smart. And that was the problem. We're going to get to more of your texts. we got to take a break. We're behind the time. Uh, we got to take this break. We'll come back, uh, finish it up, reading up some more of your texts, finish up college football, some NFL picks. We'll try and get through as much as we can here on the Sports Complex on a Friday Steve Brown. on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app at hornfm.com.